what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Scale Riders Podcast. This is 65 Lokes, and this is episode number 189. Uh, joining me on this episode is our guest, uh, Steve Knox, also known on Instagram as Freddie Beach Customs. He's also an admin at the Now or Never Build-Off. And welcome to the podcast, man. Excited to finally have you here. Yeah, this is awesome. This is really awesome. Thanks, Edgar. I appreciate being uh, being able to be here. Nice, nice. That's cool. So you're uh, based out in uh, Canada, correct? Yeah, I'm on the east coast of Canada, New Brunswick. Um, four hours time difference from you. Yeah. Um, I came home from work tonight and uh, went to bed <laughs> so I could get up to be on this. It's 1 a.m. here. Wow, man. It's, hey, uh, well, thank you for, for taking the time to to do this, you know, um, because, you know, especially with the time difference, sometimes it's, it's tough, but I'm glad that we're finally able to do this. And I hope you're well rested for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. I've been really looking forward to this. This is this is awesome. Thank you. Yeah, no, that's cool. And, um, you know, as far as uh, like your, your your time for building, uh, what's the time that you normally build? Is it early mornings or is that at night? Uh, well, I I work I work all day. I uh, we live outside of the city, so I travel. I travel 45 minutes to work and uh, back home. Got two two young girls. Uh, and uh, we have to get them ready for school and such. So life's pretty busy. My days are long, and my uh, my free time is short. And I, I basically, when when I want to build something, when I want to get to the bench, it's it's usually not till about nine o'clock at night. Um, in reality, only about uh, you know I, I might get forty five minutes or maybe an hour in the evenings and they're hit and miss but the weekends the weekends are where i usually get most of my good work done like on friday nights uh after i get home i i usually have a lot of wind down to do pretty high stress job at times and, um i i like to uh to come home and wind down and, and put my my skills to the bench and, and spend some quality time so yeah Friday nights are the big ones. Saturday, sometimes, you know, house chores come in then, but busy, busy. Right on. No, yeah, I mean, I, I could totally understand that, you know, but I, as far as like the weekends being, you know, the the time uh, to do it. But then again, you have priorities also, right, that you need to take care of. Yeah. But when, during the week, when you have those like 45 minutes, um, do you... Uh, do you kind of already know what you're going to work on? Like, are you kind of pre-planning in your mind before you get home? That's that's the neat part. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that you kind of mull over in your mind all day during work. Uh, it comes to the surface. Of course, being being an admin with the now or never, my phone blows up all day with messages. And, and it's a constant reminder that, hey, man, you you work on these, you build these. This is your hobby. This is your downtime. This is what you love to do to, to kind of get away. And it inspires me throughout the day to, to kind of, you know, come up with some ideas and things that I want to do and and some concepts. Today, today, oh, man, it, it this is like I got enough material for a year just today for building because the SEMA show opened up. 
And with SEMA, you, you get this fresh flood of what's hot right now. And of course, with me, I'm always trying to chase the next thing within with staying within my box, which, you know, is usually old, old cars, old trucks. That's that's kind of where I get my jollies. But uh, yeah, today the SEMA stuff came in and it was really hard to focus on work because my phone just kept live feed after live feed after live feed. Like, no, I can't look at it. I got to get work done. Oh, that's crazy. So, yeah. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, and yeah, it's a it's a trip because like SEMA, um, I I had I had completely forgot like when it was gonna be with my girl, because uh, some years back we had gone together to SEMA one time. Oh. We had an opportunity to go um, through through the help with Armando Flores, and I remember it was around the time of like Halloween, you know, like in October, because yeah. uh, one of our buddies. Uh, that works for Iwata, whose booth we were going to be setting up model cars there. Um, he He's like a big Star Wars fan, and he was telling us, like, hey, you know, a lot of people get dressed up, and we do all these, like, things around that week of SEMA. And I was only going to be there for, for a couple of days. So, like, the other day, my girl was like, hey, isn't SEMA going on right now or something? But this was, like, or going to happen. She's like, because I'm looking at my memories, and I'm seeing that it's, like, around this time. And then I was like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. And then um, I just completely like, because I was this last month I was super busy. Then I saw online people posting about it. And then the companies that I follow, like they're coming up with their stuff. And I'm like, oh man, this is going on right now. It it must be crazy right now for a lot of people, you know, paying attention to the things that are being brought out from all the companies and artists and designers out there. Yeah. Was there anything that like caught your eye right away that you've seen so far? Oh yeah. Um, well, uh, for one, the ring brothers, I follow those guys and they're like, they're at the top of their game right now. They're kind of the guys to, that are setting the, the trend as far as I can see, at least in, in, in what I like. Um, and tonight they unveiled that crazy truck. It's like, a, I don't know, it's an early, it's late 40s, early 50s Chevy that was, a, oh, it was a like a work truck with the big flatbed on it, whatever. And they turned it into like this smash up of uh, indie car slash custom truck slash, um, oh, just wicked, just insane. If you get a chance, you got to see it. You, you just got to see it. Those guys are really, they're killing it, man. They're killing it. Yeah, I got to i gotta check that out. I mean, it, it's so interesting that, you know, th this show here, it's like an opportunity for that, you know, for people to come out, bring their A game every year, something new, and like to hold that torch, I guess, you know, of like, yo, we're, we're killing it right now. And yeah. I, I also noticed, you know, you're doing a, a SEMA build-off too. Yeah, uh, for the the model car build off. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, um, last year uh, I've I've been working in the model car build off. That's actually what brought me pretty much back into the hobby, you know, full time. After going online and seeing what Jesse uh, Chester and them were doing, um, yeah. So my SEMA build right now is a uh, it's a Camaro, a '69 Camaro, which I thought was really generic for for this uh 
subject matter. And it is everybody and their dog has done a 69 Camaro for something. And um, black box STL, the guys, the guy that uh, does, he, he does gorgeous um, 3d designs, uh, printable designs and sells them on cults. He had a body kit for a Camaro that I had picked up a while ago, and I've just never seemed to have the opportunity to uh, to put it to use. So I've been trying to get a little bit outside of my comfort zone after seeing, you know, what uh, like what Jesse's been doing. Uh, his builds are a huge inspiration and something to aspire to. Um, after seeing his stuff, I said, well, what can I do that's going to be equally as wild? I went into my my inventory and whatnot and uh, come up with this Camaro idea. I started into it. I, I got the I got the body kit printed. I got all that done. I, I got it on the car and I looked at the car and I was like, man, this is this is so insane. I, I don't know. I don't know if I should really do this. So I had a spare body and I kind of chickened out. So I started you know, painting up the spare body thinking, well, I'll just make some minor tweaks here and there, I'll put a nice engine in it, lower it down, good wheels, you know, it's kind of an attractive paint job. And it was almost like, it was almost like it, somebody out there knew that that's not what I should have been doing because I've been waiting on an order. Um, I ordered a couple uh, packages of 2K clear from Splash and I got my base coat down and whatnot. And I, I'm not the most patient person when it comes to this stuff. I like to just keep moving ahead. So I mixed up. I had some clear coat uh, that I had bought from work, which is a three state or a, a three K. It, it's, uh, you know, it's your, your clear coat, your hardener, and then a carrier. And I sprayed it. I mixed it up and sprayed it onto that Camaro body and instantly destroyed the paint that was on. It just lifted oh, and crackled and... <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty sad. So then I, uh, I went back and I, I did a, a, a nice light sanding of my original black box car and uh, put a base coat on it. And it's on my feed there, but it, it turned out it's just once there was paint on it, I guess maybe the thing didn't look so intimidating, but still just as wild as ever. Um, I got notification that that my splash has been delivered to work. So tomorrow I'm going to grab it and bring it home um and uh keep moving with this SEMA build but yeah that's it right there that you've got up on the screen yeah. isn't that crazy <laughs> eh it's yeah, cool uh, what i was I, originally when i looked at that i said oh man those lines and the fenders and everything that looks like a clamshell hood that thing's got to cut and tilt forward and all of that mm -hmm. but then you you get dealing with the on these build-offs you're up against the time frame yeah. And I'm kind of late to because I'm, I'm really late getting work done on that one because of all the other build offs. I, I seem to I don't have the ability to say no to these things. And I've just been building and building and building and building. And for a guy that used to build like, I don't know, maybe four kits a year, uh, this SEMA or this uh, this build off thing is really you've got to gauge your time as to how much time you have to work on each one. And I was just finishing off the uh, uh, the now or never build off with uh, with my last build, and I kind of just came to the finish on that. And a buddy build that I got going on with Bronco with uh, uh, James Ferris Ferris Lot on Instagram. 
Um, yeah, so I, I had all these other things going. Now I've got the Camaro. I have like just a little over a month to build it. And I think that's my that's my window. That's my time frame. That seems mm. to be where I'm most comfortable is with a month. I put it together, get it out there, get going, you know. So this here is getting it's getting a, a, a printed 572 engine um, with the uh, it's sort of a cross draft carburetor or not even carburetor, I guess, uh, throttle body setup. Uh, it's, I haven't quite landed on the wheels for it yet. I've got some uh, carbon fiber that I got from you that I mm -hmm. think I'm going to do a, a bit of a graphic thing going on with a, a racing stripe and split it oh, up nice. a bit. Yeah, yeah I, I'm just starting to dabble with that. Um, I, it's going to be wicked. It's as long as it doesn't like <laughs> thing doesn't freak out on me again. We'll see. Yeah. But it, it's going to be a cool build. Dang, Did, were, were you just tripping out when you saw your react when you when you put that one that clear you used from work and the paint? <laughs> were you freaking oh, out or man. not? <laughs> well, you know what really sucked about that is that I had put it up on Instagram that the mm -hmm. other body and it was getting like hit after hit after hit and everybody's saying, "Oh man, you know that color combination is so cool and it's so nice and oh it's beautiful," and I was kind of like riding the wave, you know. I, I'm <laughs> And that's what those guys on Instagram do. They lift you up and they carry you. And yeah. I, uh, yeah, I was pretty stoked going into it. And that's why I couldn't wait to get the clear code on it. But the stuff was just so aggressive. I've never, I've never had a water-based base coat uh, crackle like that before. But I think it was, it was the fact that I, over, I way over-reduced it in order to get it to flow better through my airbrush. And mm. uh, the reducer was just too hot. It was like putting a lacquer over an enamel and it just it just went crazy so anyway here we are yeah but i mean um that's cool that you know you keep doing the build-offs like you said earlier you don't say no you just you know it's like a keep <laughs> you on your toes right like you're just constantly building them and getting them done yep yep and that's crazy. they're fun they're so much fun you know um it, it's inspiration and to uh to get stuff built uh i i'm sitting here at my workbench right now and i've got all these these kits that are finished uh, in their little cases here um i don't collect built kits i only collect really kits to build um i don't have really a use for them after they're done it, other than you know i get my photos i get everything you know i have mm. it so i only really keep my absolute favorites and uh the rest kind of go into a box and over time they just go somewhere uh i had there was a build off a while ago it was the it was the noco uh scale build off it was a in tribute to a, a fellow who had passed away yeah and fortunately i got i think i either i think i got a min's choice or something anyway it, my little mercury one one of the two prizes that were available and uh it was great it wasn't it was i loved the kit it was the first car that i put real upholstery in i went out and i found houndstooth patterned cloth for it and i did the uh you know the the derelict look on the body and it was it was cool it was really cool but uh it, upon, there was a cleaning accident in my house shortly after i had built it and taken the photos gotten all that done it, it hit the floor and it just it well it, there were parts everywhere and, and the way 
the way that I build, it's more just for, you know, it has to look good sitting there. It has to have the stance. It has to have the, you know, the, the tire and wheel package. It has to, uh, it just has to strike you when you see it. That's how I build. I'm not, I'm not a big, I don't worry a whole lot about the tiny minute details. I'm more about the overall picture. Well, anyway, this thing hit the floor and the wheels went everywhere and the guts all came out of it. The engine flew out. I looked at it and said, well, you know what? That just created room for one more built kit. So I just <laughs> swept it up, chucked it in the garbage of all places and kept on trucking. I, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't worry too much about, about the end result or, you know, keeping it. It's the journey to getting it done that I really enjoy, you know, seeing my, my vision come together yeah no yeah that's crazy though like you know there's i've done that before with some kits where they've gotten messed up or like i back then i used to have them on a shelf like in, in the closet right yeah and I was, the, the closet door was always open and i was like oh i'm just gonna stack them all up there and they were in their own individual little boxes yeah and i don't know what happened maybe it was the the hanger on the clothes like that just the weight pulled everything down and all oh, yeah. the boxes just came down and they all like just crashed down. Some of the cases broke out uh, the acrylic cases. And then some of them yeah. all got messed up, but I was, I was able to, to re like fix them, glue them, put them back together. But there was some that they were like just jacked up. And <laughs> I was like, oh, do, I, do I really want to revisit this? You know, like it was already like a one and done and you know, so some some of the, that stuff I had to toss. So some of it I kept, like, oh, I'll fix it like months later. But the rest, I was like, it's it's just going out. But it's funny, like how you said, making room for another one. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, and that's that's the beauty of. I get a lot of hassle from friends and guys in the local model club and stuff about not keeping stuff around. Like when I get a kit and I get an idea for it, I I build it. I, when I'm done, I pack up the box, unless there's something really special about the parts that are in it, I don't have room to keep it because it's really just room to put another one. And I've, I've, I've only got so many so much space. I try not to buy too many kits, but when there's something that comes out that I want and that I have an idea for, and, or I know that I'm going to have a, a use for down the road, I like to pick it up and you gotta have space for that stuff. I can't just keep putting box after box after box. My wife kill me, man. So, <laughs> no, know. yeah, seeing so so many. Yeah, I used to like go crazy buying kits all the time, going to the like Hobby Lobby, Michaels, or even the hobby stores, like buying yeah. like you know copy after copy after copy or, or doubles. And yeah. you know, after a while, I was like, man, I I got a stash now, you know and and then later just being kind of a little torn being like man, i don't think i'm ever going to have the time to build all of these because there's too many of them <laughs> no and no and at some point it, it turned into like i was like all right i guess i'm gonna have to sell the ones that i don't think i'm gonna ever touch and mm -hmm. then there would be friends who would be looking for a particular kit and we, i would just either gift it or trade it Some something would happen you know but it was always like where am I going to put these? You know, I was just running out of space all the time. Yeah. And it's, I, even, even the size of those little boxes, they're so small, but they take up so much space. Well, they stack well, you know, <laughs> if 
if you're dealing with one brand, your boxes are mostly going to all be the same. But if you, you mix in some Tamiya with some AMTs, with some Jimmy's and, um, you know, you start to get a problem with how am I going to organize these things on the shelf? And it just becomes a mess. So I try to keep all my uh, domestic kits in one place. And then I have a few of the, uh, the imported kits you know, in underneath my, uh, my counter here, it, yeah. you know, and they, they do present well, my, again, my, my wife shakes her head at, at the kits that I have in the garage up here on the top of my workbench. There's a lot of them, but, uh, I like to look up once in a while and just say, Hey, you know, what would I, what would I want to do next? Or, you know, what do I want to do with that one? Or, it's cool. Like I try to keep them open and up there for inspiration of, of what's uh, you know what's coming up and what what I'd like to uh, work on next. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, it's it's cool to like have that like you know like set up. I mean, a lot of the times too, as you're working on builds and you have you know your kits, you know that you could visually see up there. I mean, sometimes even that's a motivation, you know, to get the one in front of you finished. So this yeah. to move on uh, to that next one. And I'm sure there's just ideas that, that are going on. And I mean, the ones that you have already completed in their cases too, at that point, it becomes even like eye candy. You know, you always constantly, I bet you are just staring at them every day. Yeah. Especially the ones that turned out, you know, the, the exact way that you, that I visualized them. Um, I have like right beside me here at, at my workbench, I, I I buy those uh, those AMT cases, you know, that you that are stackable, uh, and I, I've been putting them in, in those. And I need to get more. I need to get more. But uh, you know, I'm looking right now at there's a kit that I built in in 2005, I think, uh, one in 2004, and then I see the the exit from the uh, hobby and then back in when I started building again and in 2020 or 2019 late 2019 and uh you know I'm, I'm just looking at and each one of them is there's a story behind it and, and, and a, a mind frame that i had when i was building it or a point in life or things that were going on like when i look at it i've got this derelict 55 chevy here uh i i look at that and like i can think of when my wife and i were living in an apartment and uh you know, just starting out, uh, I look at this, this uh, 40, what is it, 41 Chevy I've got here, pick up, and I, I see that, and I, I can, I can almost, it takes me right back to that point where I was kind of changing uh, my uses. I, I know I used uh, GM touch-up paint for uh, one of the lighter colors on it, and then nail polish for the, the lower body, and you know, I don't use those anymore, but it, how nice it turned out. And I don't know. It's it's cool just to go back. I don't want to have too many of them to go back on, but <laughs> it's great to have them sitting here just for, you know, it, it's almost like putting your life out on a canvas or that snapshot of where you were at the time and uh, just kind of keeping it with you. And, you know, it's part of what it becomes a part of you. Everything you build is a part of you. Yeah, no, I agree. The other day, uh, when I was looking through a, a container that I have in my garage, I was looking through uh, all my Gundam kits that I own. 
Oh yeah. And there was there was like like a bunch that I opened up. Like I opened up a couple of boxes, but there was a bunch of figures in it that I just kind of just put in there when based from the last time we moved where we were living at at a previous apartment. And yeah. and the all of those, um, I remember I used to just have them in their boxes. Like I never even opened them. But but those were ones that I built during the pandemic. So I was at home for so many days, you know, and yeah. just trying to keep the mind busy. I was mm -hmm. like, I'm just going to work on these. But at the same time, uh, we were waiting for uh, my fiance was pregnant. So we we're waiting for her, you know, for the baby to come later, too. So yep. I knew like, man, I don't want to have like paint or bottles or anywhere. I can't airbrush in the house or anything. Yeah. So, so it was all about it was basically like a snap kit. I was just cutting stuff up, <laughs> lightly sanding, buffing it, and then and then snapping yeah. it together. Now that's all I could do for that time. And it takes me back when when I looked at them, I was like, dang, this is this is kind of crazy. But at the same time, for the time, that was satisfaction, like it, like a therapy almost. You know, it, it yeah. satisfied me to be able to to just um, follow instruction and and do the process get it you know from beginning to end and have it a complete piece right yeah yeah um it, it, speaking of the pandemic like with your business and such you must have seen uh, I, i'm just guessing but there, there must have been an upswing in sales during during the period where everybody was kind of sent home and and you know asked to not go out in public and stuff building model kits is one of the you know you could be a professional hermit doing that right you you don't even have to see the light of day to, to <laughs> yeah. build your kits as long as you have an idea in your head as to mm -hmm. what you like to build did did that affect your business you know um i, I kind of caught the tail end sort of like when i when i launched the business because i, I still remember it was like around uh, march when i stopped working and yeah. like the middle of march like march 15 or so i stopped working and I remember during that time, I was just, you know, at home and and it was just me and my girl I was just taking care of her and stuff. And then when she's asleep, all right, let me work on my stuff. But at, but at that time, I wasn't really even thinking about that yet. Like it was it was a, an idea, but I wasn't really thinking about it too much. But I was right. I was like buying stuff from other stores, like supporting other stores. And yeah. and it got to a point where like my baby was born in august and i was already thinking like okay you know when am i going to go back to work uh, like i need to create more income like how's this gonna how's this gonna pan out like i know i could go back to work once things open back up but when is that gonna happen and right. and then i started to think like all right well like from everyone tells me kids are expensive too so <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how am I? Kids are expensive. Yeah, like, that's an understatement. Yeah, I was, I was like, man, how am I? How am I gonna do this? You know? So yeah. Then, I just like kept thinking about it, thinking about it, and then um, I don't know. I it, it just things just kind of clicked. You know, I, I talked to a mm -hmm. few people about stuff because there was a time where I was kind of freaking out. Like, man, am I gonna have to get like a second job or, or another job doing stuff? Maybe doing something I'm not even gonna be happy with. You know? Right. And yeah. I was like. Man, I don't know. But then I just kind of had to write down and, and really think about what, what are the things I'm most passionate about and, and more knowledgeable about where I feel like very comfortable doing. And when 
the whole like idea of like you know started off with like well you know how about i offer like tools and things like that to sell my first thought was like well where am i going to get this stuff from like i don't yeah. have any connections i don't know like what or where but i don't know what it was i just started like um because i was already following certain companies for time yeah I just, I just started you know like now being a little like networking but a little more aggressive sort of with them in, yeah. in a nice way though you know but just be, being more communicative and eventually um you know in december by november i started to get my like inventory in and and then by december was like all right let's launch i have my business license and everything and yeah. I'm, I'm good to go and um i did miss like black friday uh, oh so yeah, I I wasn't ready yet. Um, my website, like I was barely putting it together during that time of that weekend, and and I remember like um, distributors and companies that I was buying products from, they were so busy and sold out of stuff that it was hard for me to get stuff because right. all stuff was going down. And then yeah. when I launched, I had already missed like all the like that window, so. It was kind of like it was a weird like pressure sort of because I'm telling like friends, some family members of what I'm gonna launch. Yeah. And the expectation is kind of high. Like, like, you know, like I guess people think like once you launch a site, you're gonna start selling stuff like crazy. But yeah. it was like the launch went on and and I think I post, yeah, I posted on Instagram, like the store is is open, whatever. And yeah. it, it still took some some days though to make a sale, like the first sale. It wasn't like that day, right? So yeah. I still went along my business, like, oh, I'm gonna do what I need to do. And and then it starts to come in, like, oh, you're like, oh wow, the first sale. And then more days pass. Oh wow, a second sale, things like that. So it, yeah. it it's, it's totally like a humbling experience too. Um, just like do been being very appreciative of like, oh man, like someone actually um like this name i don't even recognize this name or, or i probably don't know this person but they're actually giving me an opportunity to fulfill yeah. an order for them so you know every every order like what well, that i get like i i just like take it very seriously where i'm like you know i want to make sure it's packed well uh yeah customer service is going to be correct you know i don't want anybody to feel like they're gonna like get me like get a loss or something like that off of my store. Right. It's just not going to happen. So, you know, things started to pick up like, you know, once the initial like 2021 year uh, started to come out and it's, it's kind of, it's kind of trippy. Like I'm comparing with what's going on right now. Yep. Uh, with, with during that pandemic, that 2021, because I, I feel like, during that 2021, uh, people were just splurging because people were getting like relief money here and there, right? Right. But, yeah. But people yeah. also were a little bit tired <laughs> of being at home and and they wanted to just like like be happy and whatever, you know, like all this stuff. And now it's a bit different. Like I have conversations with uh slowly models with Casey about this. Yeah. And, and I go, yo, you know what's crazy? Is that when October, the minute October started. I noticed the dip, like things like got slow with myself, but also in my, uh, like even my parents' business. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. then I started talking to other friends and they start 
you know, asking the questions like, hey, how's your business going and everything? And I'm like, it's chill, you know, it's not like, <laughs> it's not cr crazy, but, you know, once in a while something comes through. And, um, but I, I was like, but I'm kind of, you know, I kind of expected this to to kind of come around because of yeah. inflation. And, and then, you know, there's these pressures of like, you know, rent and mortgages yeah. and just so much stuff, right? And yeah, but it's one of those things. I just take it as like a learning thing. I'm mm -hmm. just I'm riding yeah. the wave right now. I don't I don't know what what's gonna happen, but no, that's cool, man. You know, with with you, when you started Scale Riders, was it just the podcast, or did you have the store in mind when you did it? No. So the so when when Scale Riders started, um, it was more of a plat like I wanted it to be like a platform for model builders to uh promote their stuff because right in in 2017 that was when i launched it and yeah. i had gone to japan uh with armando flores uh jeffries was out there too he met up with us and um uh chevy man juan Mesqua. so that experience being there was just like a big eye-opener uh yeah being like in the mecca of like a hobby scene right seeing how passionate people were about their hobbies and everything but then again, I also had met a lot of people out here in Southern California, model builders. But I, I noticed one thing, though, uh, when meeting them and conversating with them that, I mean, they, they were very, very chill and humble, but they weren't really like they were very private about their stuff. Like they would put it on the tables and stuff. But social media, you know, it, would, it hadn't taken off yet with people showing right. what they were doing. Yeah. So during that time, I was like, you know what? I. I would I would like to document video uh, photographs and later do a podcast like to get the the story behind these builds or, or the story behind the artist that's creating this. So it was more of of just posting media. That's all I was doing in the beginning. Um, right. Until until the store, I would say um, the podcast didn't come in, until like 2018, but I think it was around like March around that time of 2018 so the, yeah. the podcast had launched months later and when i was doing that it, the structure was a little bit different um i, I wasn't sure like how often i was going to do it if it was going to be once a month or i, I needed i need because the dates they're set up but but later they they were always just like different dates and now this year was the year that i said i'm going to do it every week yeah and since it started and i haven't stopped like i just kind of been um doing that um but but yeah during that time in the beginning you know i i printed some shirts like t-shirts here and there and, and i sold some but it wasn't really like that wasn't really like the like what i wanted to do you know I yeah. some, like i mean it's cool but i was kind of like i don't want to be stuck with a bunch of a bunch of shirts you know? yeah <laughs> like, <merch>. yeah <laughs> You'd have to buy them all in your size, right? It's like, well, you know what? I got a shirt for every day of the week. And, I know. You know. I can't get rid of them, but at least I'll wear them. <laughs> um, you know, for but for a guy like you, that this this whole this whole uh, podcast and to branch off into a business and to see your online presence and Instagram and stuff, man, you're you're uh, you're doing stuff that nobody else is doing. And this is really cool. Like you've you've become a hub 
in the community, the the model building community, and you've uh, you know you've created this business where you're bringing in the the top quality tools and supplies, and you're it's it's like you you are personally raising the bar for for us who are you know just in the hobby dreaming about what we want to build while we're at work you know we're like oh man is it, oh, i saw these god hand uh snippers and stuff that he was <laughs> selling and you just and, and you think you know well i got these old crap dollar store cutters and stuff and just yeah. like there's the local hobby shop experience which i dearly love uh, i dearly love but they can only they can only put so much into their store uh, on display at the show and, and when you walk in there you you talk to them about uh, you know the upcoming kits the kits that they just got in stuff like that but you don't necessarily get that extra level um, where, where you're talking about the uh, you know the the science behind the new paints that are coming out and the quality of the new tools and why this is so much better and it's just, it's like this totally informative session every week you've created that just blossomed this hobby. And for a guy who, you know, I took 13 years off. I packed up all my stuff. My wife and I, we got married. I was, I was building fairly rampantly before we built our house. You know, we, we, uh, we got married and we were living in this, this apartment. This, it was a nice one, the second apartment. But uh, we decided, oh, we're going to build a house. So that put everything, everything on hold. So all of my kits went into cardboard, these big cardboard packing boxes, and they get sent away into storage. And uh, anyway, so so the long story short, sorry, I'm rambling. No, but, go uh, ahead, go ahead. It's all good. When I came back to the hobby, my mind was blown, you know, and this was this was late 2019, early 2020, I think is when the first build was a fella at work. We got talking and uh, he, you know, he's, oh, you used to build kits. I like to build kits. And I was like, oh yeah, what do you build? And so we, we get chatting about it. And, you know, I told him, I got a bunch of, I got a bunch of old kits out in my shed. I should pull one out. And, you know, maybe if you're building one, we'll do like a, a, a challenge between the two of us. Just, put something together and see what happens so we did and i had no idea what i was doing the, the the fuse that i was lighting on this this bomb that was about to go off is when i got when i got this kit in front of me and then i jumped on the internet and i was i wasn't on instagram or i had an instagram account but i didn't use it um i used it for like my music a little bit, my guitars and stuff like that, you know, just, Hey, look, you know, this is what, and, uh, I fell, I came across the, uh, the now, no, the, uh, the model car build up. And I looked back through the catalog of pictures. What is going on here? You know, this, I thought I was, you know, cutting edge back in the day, back in the, you know, early mid two thousands. And I'm seeing this 3D printed stuff, which I couldn't even fathom. And, you know, the quality of these builds and the modifications taking place to each kit. And, and then along comes this guy 
called Edgar with a Scale Riders <laughs> podcast that I'm I'm going through the back catalog of that. I'm just like, what happened while I was asleep? Like, this is crazy. It's like a bear coming out of hibernation and the world has changed. Um, so I, you know, as a kid or as a, a younger person, I, I'd build these kits and you'd buy, oh, you'd, you'd have to buy a whole bunch of different kits. And I was buying people's collections of built kits just to scavenge parts out of them. You don't even have to do that anymore, you know? Like, you can order whatever you want or you can... Um, like Iceman, I was looking at Iceman stuff. I was like, "Oh my God, these these engines! I'd have to buy a full kit to get a, an L an LS engine out of something or a, a Coyote or whatever." And and here's this guy who's just selling these individual engines. Whoever come up with this stuff, like it is absolutely mind blowing what you can do now and what's available out there. Oh man, I just I don't know. I don't know this. I love it. I am. Loving it. You know, I just turned. I turned fifty this year. And oh, uh, nice! Happy birthday! Yeah. Thanks. And uh, you know, I'm looking at myself as I'm a dad of two girls, and uh, Lila and Sadie. One one is uh, going on uh, twelve, and the other one's ten. And uh, how did I get here? And then I. I I come back to, oh, wait a minute, that old Steve is still in there who loved to build model cars all of his life. And, and now I'm doing it and I got the family and I got, and, and the, the, the whole, uh, the whole hobby is just exploded with all these cool new things and man, life is good. We're living in the best years right yeah, now. I'm yeah. Sorry. You're right. I agree that this is a good times. It's, um, it's crazy because, um, like I, I remember, um, there was a time where I like I have friends that coll collect like action figures too, yeah. And and I mean I I went through my phase with these friends of collecting stuff, and uh, we were we were collecting all these action figures, you know, like GI Joes going back from like the eighties. Oh man, to the, to the modern day ones. And yeah. I remember we were having this conversation and and. During that time, the line, they kept saying, oh, it's going to die, it's going to die. And then it would die, and then it would come back, and it would die, and it come back. And the only people buying these were collectors, people yeah. that bought them in the 80s and, you know, kept buying them. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, one of the last ones I bought, and it was a very modern one, maybe around, like, I think it was, like, uh, 2015 or so. And I was looking at the figure, and I was just amazed of how much articulation the figure had how much posing and how many yeah. like weapons, all these things that you could pose them to make them look very realistic. And I was going, dude, like these are right now, these are good times for these oh. figures and these kids don't yeah. even care about them. It's, oh, I know. it's us that are like going crazy over these things. And then <laughs> eventually I had to step away from it just because I had my phone with them, but I knew mm -hmm. that that was never ending. You know, I knew yeah. that that was a whole other market that I was like, nah, that thing, that's going to make me broke, you know? <laughs> big time. Big time, yeah. Big so time. I, had, I had to step away and I was like, I'll just appreciate looking at the photos and maybe at a, at a convention or something, I'll see one in person. Um, right. But then I, I, that same, those same like thoughts and visions I have, I'm having them right now with like what you said with the models, you know, yeah. with, with the 3D printed stuff, um, the, the kits. 
the tools, everything, paints. There's so many like paints. Like there's just yeah. so many different things, so many options that are out there. There's like the only thing holding us back from creating a build, honestly, is ourselves of the fear yes. of like a, yes. fear, a fear of messing up. Like that's the only thing. But but here's the thing. What are we afraid of messing up? I've kind of gotten past that, Edgar, because what are we messing up? You know, it's a it's plastic. They make them every day. It's a canvas. It's just a blank canvas. Just go crazy. Go as crazy as you want. And if it if if you do something that's an irreversible mistake, well, you can always pick up a second kit and just start over fresh, right? Yeah. But hey, speaking of the GI Joes, just to jump back in that just for a sec. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Given my age and whatnot, um, 1982. I was 10 years old. G.I. Joe came out with swivel arm battle grip. Yeah. <laughs> I thought those were the best years because you never, you didn't have to hold your gun like straight ahead with one single pose. You could move mm -hmm. your arms sideways. Oh man. I had all the Joes. I had them all. I had the, uh, and I don't have any now. And every once in a while, I'll jump on eBay and look at them and say, mm -hmm. oh, you know what? I'd love to buy a, a Snake Eyes, an original Snake Eyes that's still on the blister pack or oh, Grunt man. or, yeah. you know, but I just, I don't know. You look at the prices of them. It's insane. I can't justify that because to buy a Snake Eyes, that's like two weeks worth of groceries. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. Like, it's, it's, no, it's crazy. Like, um, the like how much they go for and yeah I, I was all over the place uh with the joes even at some point there was a, a company uh out here in california called sideshow collectibles where they do these like yeah. 12, 12 inch uh or yeah i think i think they're yeah, the height of 12 inch and they're very like detailed and articulate and i was buying those and even i was like man these are eating up on my wallet right here they they yeah. were they were like uh three to four hundred dollar figures and, <laughs> and and they kept coming out with them and I was like damn I had more cobras than than the Joes and I yeah. was like all right this this needs to stop it was it was just too much it, it was man I, I would love to have an original snake eyes an original cobra commander and an original destro I think that yeah. would be the bomb right there that's the trifecta Damn, yeah. No, those yeah, those are those are cool, like right there. You know, um earlier when we were talking, um yeah. I, I wanted to mention that I am gonna I'm I, I'm gonna be coming out with like a limited sticker. Um oh. that's it's just plastic. Because well, ah, you know we're, we're talking about that right now. So let me so true. Had it in so the true. had it in the background, but it looks too big. I don't know if you can see it there. Oh, I can see it. Yeah, I get the idea of that. There right on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's gonna be oh, coming out. I'm gonna have to get one of them later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll I'll save you one for sure. Um, right on. Yeah, because um, I, you know, it it, I I feel like I guess that fear of of messing up is just starting over. I don't know. I guess it's almost like we're like we're looking at that time we invested as like a, a wash. We're like, oh man, yeah. I gotta start over. And I mean, it's like the the we gotta see the model builds as like a risk. We we gotta yep. take these risks to see. Uh, we we have to see things get messed up. So this way we could kind of test ourselves at how well we handle the, these situations 
of yeah. do we panic or do we just kind of chill and and brainstorm and make our brains think all right what is it that i need to do next to get back on track well and the best part is every time you do mess up you learn not to do that next time and when you're trying to push your skills you know you know what's going to be wrong you know and you know what's not going to work so you try something else and maybe it will work um look at that car you have Oh, I'm like I'm like switching up the the backgrounds. That that one there, this was from a painter, uh, Pancho, out here from California. That did that one. Right on. Well, you can imagine how many times he messed up before he got to that level where he could lay that paint job down. Eh? Yeah, like, no, I, for real, it, it's it's just crazy. Like when you start to see the le the levels of people's skills and paints when they get to a point. You know, I, I guess we we assume oh they don't mess up like <laughs> they get it they get it good the, the you know every time they they get that brush the airbrush and they paint but I'm sure yeah. you know they they have their struggles too and maybe they just don't say anything but it happens well, you know and and really you that wasn't their first paint job like that you know like your first one's going to be more simplistic and. Uh, it's probably going to have some flaws in it, but as they do it over and over and over and over, you know, these different kits and, you know, build it up, build it up, build it up. Um, it just becomes that art form, that total art form, man. That's, that is so cool. I would love to be able to do one of those panel paint jobs with, you know, oh my God, I just look sure at you it. Will. I mean, you know, because <laughs> that's the thing. First, you have to want, want to do it, you know, that desire of like, and then that day will come, dude. You, you just gotta at some point be like, you know, you, you just start brainstorming and asking them, you know, you, right now we have, that's another thing, so many resources, so many people yeah. that will tell you, show you, and and there's pictures, you know, and then all you have to do is just get the materials and it's like, all right, let's do it step-by-step step and we'll go from here. Um, yeah. So so let, let's, I wanted to get into your history. Um, yeah. I want to dive into that, you know, like, <laughs> uh, as far as, you know, like how old were you and, and how did you get involved with model building from the beginning? I've been waiting for this conversation, yeah, man. Yeah. I've been waiting for it. Okay. So I am the youngest of a family of five and growing up, you know, as a, a little kid in the seventies, everybody was, all the guys were building model cars. It was just what people did. Um, my older brothers, they both built. My uncle, he built. Um, so, yeah, so I, I got hand-me-downs. I got, if a kit didn't turn out, my brother was building it. He didn't like the way it turned out, whatever. I ended up with it. So I'd end up with this uh, glue bomb or whatever you want to call it. And uh, I, my first one I ever had that I can recall, like I had some snap kits, but I don't really count those because they don't, you know, they just sort of go together. They're more toyish. But the, um, the first one I got was a Ravel 53 Chevy Bel Air. Yeah, Bel Air. And uh, I had two paints. I had one bottle of Tester's Black Gloss and one bottle of Tester's Silver. And I just remember going nuts on that thing and just smearing this all over it. Oh, it was nasty, man. And I don't think it ever did dry. If you were to go to the dump wherever it ended up now, you know, 40 years later after I put it together, I'm sure that paint's probably still wet. 
you know, because <laughs> it was about three inches thick. But uh, that that lit my fire. Um, and then the first the first glue kit I ever got um, that wasn't touched was uh, an MPC Mustang two. Uh, it was like a drag street car. I think they re-released it as some kind of a firefighter car recently in the last few years. But uh, I started building kits when I was, uh, I, I had to wait until I was 10 before I was allowed to use glue. So at 10, it was like, all right, let's do this thing. So I started building those kits and there were hobby shops in my town. There was one big one called Leisure World. And you'd walk in there and there was this aisle that had, man, they must have had thousands of, of car kits and every scale you'd want. That was back when, you know, one eighth was a, a thing and one sixteenth. And then you had your, your, you know, your one twenty fifth and one twenty four kits. Anyway, I, uh, I, I, every week I was delivering papers at the time. Uh, I would take my paper money. I would go out and buy a kit, but then there was along came this hobby shop. Uh, when I was about 14, I think it was, who would order in the kits you wanted. And, and as soon as, like, that was the first introduction to a catalog of what Ravel or Monogram or AMT, yeah, I wasn't into any of the, the Tamiya's or anything at the time. But to see what was out there, what I'd do is I'd go in, they'd ask for a little deposit, you'd put down your deposit, then you'd wait for like two, three weeks, maybe a month, and then your kit would come in. So I started ordering these kits and building them and, you know, really enjoying them. Uh, I remember one of the first ones I ordered was the Monogram 65 Mustang Fastback. I think it was at the time, it was the 65. Um, and I was huge into muscle cars then. And uh, anyway, I started building those, uh, collecting those. Then Ravel comes out with the Hot Rod series, which... I was always every every month I'd buy Hot Rod magazine and Carcraft magazine, and that was my inspiration. You know, that was my internet of today. And I would uh, I'd look at what was coming through that was you know cool at the time, and I'd build it. Now, Pro Street came along in the late '80s, and that was like, oh my god, this is the coolest thing ever. This is what I got to do. So every kit that I built throughout the late '80s had the big Mickey Thompson tires in the back, the big engine up through the hood. And, you know, it was all, and I was at that point, I was, you know, grabbing other people's built kits and tearing them apart and trading. And cause I had just, you know, that's what people did back then. They traded stuff. And so, you know, I, I, I get right into the, the pro street thing. Um, I remember in, in high school, I got a friend of mine into building model kits and, I thought I was pretty good. I thought I was like, oh man, you know what? He's going to want to build kits just like I did. And we both built a kit and I had built, you know, this is my hobby. This is what I did on a regular basis. So this friend of mine, I introduced him to uh, building kits and there's boom. We see this advertisement for a model show at, at the local mall. And I said, Alex, we've got to go enter this. You know, we got to come on, get something together. So we go. And wouldn't you know, like, he blows me out of the water. This guy takes home first place in the category, the junior category, and I get squat. I got nothing. I couldn't believe it. I was devastated, man. I was like, 
what did I do wrong? So then I, uh, I joined the local club and uh, the following year, like I really focused on it. I was like, man, I got to do this. I got to do this. This is me. This is what I do. So I built this um, 51 Chevy Bel Air Pro Street, of course. And I took home best of show from that from that show and my second try because I put everything I had into it, man. And at the time it was, it was pretty cutting edge. This kit, it was, uh, I painted it like this, this light purple color. It was slammed down. It had the, the super trap mufflers on it, exiting out in front of the great big rear tires. And under the hood, I had a, uh, modified Buick, uh, grand national V six under the hood, which, I thought was pretty risky for the time because, you know, everything had to have a big block Chevy in it. And I put this little turbocharged engine that, you know, at the time the Grand Nationals were wicked, but why would you, when you could put a 454 in, why would you put a little tiny V6? So anyway, I had it all detailed up and I had gotten into the plug wires and I've gotten into all that stuff. And that launched me into the next level, which was great. Um, I started building better kits after that because it was like, I got to keep up this momentum. I got to keep up this momentum. And uh, we, life, life happened. Things went on. And uh, I moved into an apartment with my girlfriend later on. This was after, this was my early 20s and stuff. And I was still building kits and, you know, loving it. And I had found out about this apartment by a guy that was in the local club who was my nemesis. He was like, he's the bar that I'm going to reach because this guy is good. And he ended up living upstairs. It was like a duplex. So he'd be upstairs building. I'd be downstairs building. And on Friday nights, we'd be like, hey, man, let's drink some beer and sit out on the deck and talk. So we'd go out on the deck. And we'd talk. He'd bring out the kit that he'd been working on. I'd bring out the kit that I'd been working on. And we'd like, you know, hey, how are you doing this? And how are you doing that? And he introduced me to bare metal foil and, um, you know, polishing my paints and, uh, you know, really helping me get better. And it became a real, a real cool thing. Like he, he was a, he's a great friend and a, a great inspiration. And, uh, we had a lot of fun doing that. And then uh, later on, I, uh, I went on to starting to sell my kits on eBay. What I do is I, I build the kit and I, and this was, this was in the early two thousands at this point. And I'd uh, what, what I Pegasus had just come out with their those beautiful big five spoke wheels and such. Um, I'd build a kit, I'd foil it up. I'd use, I was using leftover paints from work because uh, like, I guess I mentioned uh, maybe not in this conversation, but um, I look after, uh, I was the manager of a body shop at the time, uh, one single body shop. And uh, every time we spray a car, we'd have paint left over and just enough to like, you know, you, you never, you always make sure you have a little bit more than you need, but not too much because you don't want to waste. But that little bit left over was always, you know, way more than what you need to paint a kit. So I, I was uh, airbrushing uh, these colors and had a great color library at that point. Um, so I, uh, I was painting them these wild colors, putting these nice wheels on them, taking real good photos 
selling them on eBay. People were buying them up. It was a lot of fun. That that kept me kind of uh, one. It funded my my kit purchases and supplies and whatnot. And two, it it kept me going. Like it, you know, what's the next big one that I'm going to build that somebody's going to just boom blow their mind with? And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. But right after that. Then we got married and built the house and I shut down for 13 years. And, uh, and here I am now back into the hobby and mind blown again. Yeah. What, what year would you say was that when you, when you shut down, when you said like, all right, I gotta, you know, I gotta handle uh, two, life right now. No building. It was two, 2007. Wow. Okay. So 2007. Yeah. And then, and then that's when, how you said earlier, you, you jumped on, well, you had the Instagram but it was more yeah. personal. And then you started to discover like more uh, model builders through Instagram. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dang. Once I found those build offs, it was like, okay, this is it. We're back. <laughs> We're back full time. Um, and then, you know, I bought a 3d printer and started toying around with that and seeing all of the, the things that are out there, um, mm -hmm. man, what a game changer that's been. Holy. Like, yeah so so like you know that's one of the nice things like right now you can buy a file online somebody on somebody's page and then uh once you have that file you could pretty much just print as many as you want of that file yeah. in your home and yeah. you, could, you know once it's ready cured ready to go you could start adding that to your model kit yeah you know what's another big benefit to that and i was thinking about this before knowing I was going to be talking to you tonight. Um, I've listened to a lot of talk on your, uh, on your podcast about the 3D printing. And there's one thing I don't know if I've ever heard touched on. You, you, had, the, um, you had a picture of my 1960 Ford pickup in behind here uh, one yeah, earlier. Yeah. Uh, that's an original kit. Actually, I got that kit from the guy that used to live upstairs from me. Uh, and it was just... Um, an assembly of, of some parts and a bunch of parts missing. Uh, what I did with that, like that kid, as you see there, there's no tailgate on it. Um, the tailgate had been whoever owned that or built it back in whatever year they built it. They destroyed the tailgate. They mm. scratched it up. They tried to get the Ford lettering off of it and they ruined it. So I cut it off and got rid of it. Uh, in that photo, there, it doesn't show it, but there's a, an online program called Tinkercad. Like I, I'm not a I'm not a CAD designer by any stretch, but I, I like to mess around with it a little bit. So I, I got in my mind, you know, what am I going to do for a tailgate for that truck? I could get some sheet styrene out and try to come up with something. But instead, I, I just I went into Tinkercad. I got my dimensions that I needed for for the back end of the, the truck and I designed a tailgate in 3d for it and i printed it and i used it for the truck now that that truck right there that's a 62 year old model kit like that's an original an original uh Dang. kit from 1960 mm -hmm. but it's missing parts so it's no good yeah. without parts right so i was able to produce something for it and i could have reproduced the original tailgate like really it's not not that difficult but mm -hmm. i decided to make something fancier so it, it matched the sides of the the box panels and had a little spoiler on the back to kind of give it that pro touring look. And uh, then I got thinking, Hey, you know, uh, this truck is a, a 1960 that was back when those Chris craft 
boats were were really in in style with the all the wood and the chrome and all of that that beautiful workmanship on them mm -hmm. i want to add some kind of that flair to it so i, I want I, I put a tonneau cover on the back but I, I designed it i went in and in tinkercad it's kind of cool they had uh this they had a, a pattern that looked like wooden strips it had the wood grain in it so i i pulled that in and i started playing around with that so i built planks and i just in 3d i flipped the next one over and then the next one i flipped backwards and upside down just to keep the grain changing on the wood mm. and added the strips in between printed it out now i have a wood grain tonneau cover built for this truck yeah it's crazy and like that engine in behind that came from mm. maddie's custom scale okay yeah that one there <laughs> that was uh maddie's custom scale it's fully 3d printed although the transmission is from uh black box uh -huh. stl he uh he did the transmission that's the one off the 572 kit um you know that's that's the engine that's under the hood those wheels they're from z-force model works uh that's a, a beautiful little style that that uh that they had or is yeah, that's that's what those ones are. And uh, under the hood, once I got the whole thing almost ready to be put together, under the hood was terrible. And <laughs> I thought, well, you know what? I've painted this thing. I didn't expect to build. I, I wanted my concept to come to life, but I didn't expect yeah. to build a, a perfectly detailed kit. So under when I got that engine under the hood, I thought, oh, man, that looks beautiful. But the surroundings are horrible. So I went back into Tinkercad, made a few measurements underneath the hood, designed a, a quick little engine surround and stuff, printed it out, and boom, it's done. So mm -hmm. a lot of my, like my scratch building takes place virtually, and my printer is the tool that I use just to make the thing come to life. Mm -hmm. So above and beyond buying designs and stuff like that, it it's awesome to, to be able to create in cyberspace and then print it out yeah. as an actual you know usable part it, it's what a what a game changer that is like oh, that's nice and and there in your in your workspace you pretty much have everything set up like do you have your your paint booth in there too yep yep right beside me here so paint booth your workbench and then your 3d printer right beside yeah uh, my printer's actually in the basement they okay. here in new brunswick it gets really cold in the winter time like Mm -hmm. crazy cold so my garage i it's not heated i only turn the heat on out here when i'm out here doing something and it's sort of uh, a direct heat it only heats this this one little area mm -hmm. um so in the winter time what i do a lot is like all my prints go on in the basement because the temperature stays relatively normal um the in the kitchen with the kitchen table i just have a big mat that i put down one of those uh cutting mats and uh you know i'll bring my kid in and sit there while my while jen is watching tv and i'll tinker away at a kit you know and we get to catch up on our day and chat and stuff and, oh it's cool man it's really cool uh, this this hobby has just been total therapy for me i love it yeah no that, that's awesome um do you kind of um you know how you were saying like you know, in a year you would build like like four cars, like in a year. During that time, were you just like kind of planning out? Do you ever plan out, like let's say for next year, right? Like 2023, are you kind of planning out what kind of cars you're gonna want to build or is it just kind not, of- 
with not even in the least man not <laughs> even in the least i kind of just go with the flow um i get a i i get some how is i i don't even know how to how to really explain the process but i um i make sure like if a kit comes out that's new that i know i'm going to want to build i'll pick it up and i'll put it into my stash and there are nights that I'll come out and just sort of stare at the stash and say, okay, well, you know, I get this and I get that. And, um, this would make a nice uh, uh, sort of a, what's the patinaed vehicle, or this would make a nice, uh, you know, uh, full on SEMA show car. And I'll, you know, if I see a wheel design come out, I'll, that I really like, I'll, I'll, buy it off of the uh cults or whatever and um then lately the way it's been is when a build-off is announced i'll go out and look and say uh that one and then just boom and then it just comes yeah. together i i like the i don't like to plan too far ahead because everything changes and even when i when i get a build started I haven't seen too many of my builds turn out to be what I originally intended them to be because they take on a life of their own as I go. Mm -hmm. I'm terrible with that. Like I, I couldn't build, I couldn't build a replica because it wouldn't have my, it wouldn't have my design or my, my vision to it. It would have somebody else's, you know what yeah. I mean? Mm -hmm. Like this, it's just a blank, Again, it's a blank canvas when you start out, you just, it comes to life. I built a, a square body pickup here not too long ago for, uh, which build off was it? It was a month long, I think it was now or never. And it just, it went crazy. It, I love that truck. I just absolutely love it. It, mm -hmm. it, it has the, the big GM, uh, square body style wheels i printed i printed them a little bit oversized and then really dished the back ones um it it's got the crazy hood on it uh, and it just as i as i went it started out yellow i got a yellow paint for it i was like yeah i'm gonna build it like a like a utility truck gone bad and then it ended up with you know fully polished two-tone blue and and gray like high pearl paint um and just just slammed down over these wheels and, and shined up and polished and, and i couldn't be happier with it like but it, it's nothing that i had envisioned when i first started it I, I love to see something come together as as a blank as just a white plastic body and then end up you know the thing of beauty just but it just comes to life to life as as you're building it it takes on this this life of its own and 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 if you finish product it's i always surprise myself with what i come up with in the end because it just it's a live active uh build that that doesn't truly have a plan behind it that makes me a little odd for for that but yeah i just i don't know they they come to life yeah, and and what's your what's your process when you open up like a brand new kit? Like you open it out of the box. What's like the first immediate thing you do to that body? <laughs> this is going to sound weird. First thing <laughs> I like to do 
once that cellophane comes off and that lid comes off, I smell it. <laughs> you ever done that? Oh, yeah. You get that, mm-hmm. oh, the fresh plastic. And you yeah. kind of smell the, <laughs> the adhesive on the decals and the instruction sheet has that that paper, that fresh paper smell. Um, but at, once I get past that part, I uh, I like to take it out and, and I I look over the body. I, I, you know, you hold it up different angles, whatnot. You look for the flaws that, that are usually there, like a little sinkhole here or some, uh, you know, some, some mold lines or whatever, so a little bit of flash. Kind of plan on what it's going to take to bring it to the point where it's a good starting point. Um, you know, a lot of the, the Tamiya kits, the Aoshima's, the, Jimmy's they're they're very clean coming out of the box but I'm I'm usually building something from AMT that was originally designed in 1960 or you know in the 70s from MPC or whatever it might be <clears throat> and uh it it, it just yeah I kind of look at what it's going to take to clean it up like that Camaro for instance that I remember when that first came out show my age here i remember when that actual kit was designed and put out to market it's a revel kit and uh it's it's incredible because when it first came out it was it was cutting edge it was like this is amazing it's still a good kit Hmm. but now i can see the wear on the uh the molds and whatnot it never had Hmm. any any uh what's that called again the uh the flash it didn't have any any flash around any of the parts but now <laughs> the thing's half terrible and you know this when i was when it came out in 1990 so that was the year i graduated high school it was so clean and so crisp um but now yeah there's a lot of cleanup on your parts and whatnot that never was there before but hey they're getting older and so am i so that's <laughs> you know, either way it's cool i'm still still good subject matter yeah yeah that's that body that that went nuts uh this oh it it was pretty at one point but not anymore so yeah and and now and once you uh you know when when you're before you primer the body uh are are you sending it at like a 400 grit or or 600 grit to primer yeah yep i have uh it depends on, of course, how much cleanup there is on it. Uh, the first thing I like to do is I'll take my hobby knife and take any of the, the mold where your molds come together and they, they leave that little bit of flash on your, your risen panels or, you know, um, clean that up and then give it a good sanding with, uh, let's see, I, I usually start at 600 and I have these soft... Uh, sanding cloths from 3m that i use for that um so i go 600 and 800 i want my primer to have a bit of a bite so i don't like to go any i i usually keep it around 800 really um and then what i've been using i'm using waterborne paint for my base coats which uh you know what, what again, brand? well it's exalta it's okay. leftover stuff from from work Dang, I heard I heard that paint's dope. Exalta oh. friend, um, his name's Javier, who he's always talking about Exalta. And he was saying that there's a, a a famous custom painter who recently passed away too. Um he that he 
he was sponsored by that company Exalta and he was using that type of paint for a lot of his lowrider paints. Yep. And and I mean amazing, amazing stuff. And I mean, you could create amazing things obviously with different brands, but I've heard a lot of great things of Exalta. Yeah. See at at work we have being that we're a collision center, we have uh the mixing booth right there. So custom colors and whatnot. If I want to buy a color, I can I can go in and just put it into the computer and bring it up and uh you know have it made right on the right on the scale but the cool thing i get to do like i was walking through the shop today and we have a jeep that was in there having uh some warranty work done and it's it's this crazy there's a name for it it's a lime green pearl that's on it i think it's like a 2020 jeep uh something like that and to walk by it and, and have it catch the light in the shop we have these our, our shop's beautiful we, we have these uh, overhead lights that really bring out all of your contours on the body and it flips the pearls and the metallics as you walk past uh, you can see them shift so i get a real good preview of uh, the paints before I, I i use them or Mm. And then you know I'll always go back to the mixing room and say, "All right, where's the cup that this this paint came out of? I got to find the, you know, how many is there a few ounces left in the bottom?" And uh, you know I bring that home and and use it if there's a bit of you know I hate to see something go to waste, especially when it's it's something I can use. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and that also that kind of falls back to my build plans when I have a kid on the bench. That kit's probably going to turn out a color that we painted uh, in the shop that week because it, it it's all fluid. It, it's all like, well, you know what? This looks good. I had bought, I have a Bronco uh, on the bench here right now that I started out. I had picked up a bottle of uh, Ferrari red. It. Uh, I thought, well, you know what? It's a good, it's an orangey red. It'll go well with the decals. So I picked up a little Vallejo uh airbrush bottle ferrari red and i painted it and it was so orangey red it looked like a red oxide primer if you've ever seen that and i just i don't know it just wasn't doing it for me so yeah uh, we had a hyundai in the shop the other day and it was this red pearl color and uh, there was a bit left over in the cup so, well you know what i'll just snag that and uh brought home sprayed the bronco and man it just absolutely came to life like and and the the paint just it's 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 gorgeous i think that's i'm i'm fortunate and i don't uh i i do recognize that because of the ability to have these paints like with splash i see on their website and i, I listened to the podcast that he was on you know he's doing He's doing that for customers right off the bat. You can get your custom mixes or order a color that is on a car that you saw in the parking lot somewhere or a dealership. You can get mm -hmm. all that through him, uh, you know, mixed to match. And, and you're, I don't know how your stocking goes with that, whether you have to order on demand or you know, keep a certain amount of, of, of shelf stock. But that's that's where i'm fortunate because i i have that stuff live all around me at all times and uh yeah access to it now his clear coat there's no there there's nothing i've seen nothing that compares to that product that's that's the best <laughs> thing ever uh 
I've never seen something like there's a self leveling in it uh, that when it lays down, it, 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 it becomes like a glass finish. I don't know how they do that. I, and I, there's no orange peel. There's no, no pebble to it. There's nothing. It's, it's so nice. And uh, yeah, you must go through a lot of that stuff. eh? Yeah. No. Yeah. When the, when the time comes, I, I think I could get, like, if I was just clear coding bodies, um, yeah. I could I could probably do like two maybe three bodies with with the the size of like the one ounce with yep. the, that's how much I could get out of it. But I mean I, I I'm kind of I take my time, but when I just do just one at a time, I'm very satisfied because it's just like I'm just focusing on the one instead of kind of mm. rushing through all of them. Yeah. Um. But I, but that's the thing I really love like the finish that it gives and. I also don't have to worry about storing away like a quart of clear or no. a, big, a big bottle of reducer, you know, yeah. <laughs> catalyst. Like it's it's just a simple mix, put it together yeah. and, and it's ready to go. Um, back then when I had the space, um, I did use House of Color, um, mm -hmm. the, the show clear. And I, I love, I love the show clear. And I did love the whole mixing part of it. Um, yeah. You know, because it was a mystery at first, and then once I learned how to really do it, I was like, "Man, this is this is fun to me as well." Just mixing everything together. Um, now, you know, I don't have as much as time as I did before, and yeah. I also don't have that type of space. But I'm I'm just glad that at least I have something that's really good by Splash that's in a small size that, that's mm -hmm. really easy to mix, and I could just start uh, spraying right away. Yep. Oh yeah. And, uh, and like I say, it's, it's just a total, total game changer. Um, how do you feel about young people entering into the hobby? Do you see much going on these days with, with kids coming in? Um, like it, yeah, it's kind of hard um, because like, as far as shows, sometimes you do see a, a presence of some, like the juniors that enter um yeah. the, the model contest but i've actually have i've missed like a couple of shows you know that are out here so i didn't really i haven't really gotten to see uh what's going on right now like for this year there is a show coming up next week so next uh weekend or this weekend coming up i will hopefully um i do see some kids you know that are entering these uh the contests uh, at least to participate um if anything, I, I tend to see more uh, like adults just, you know, I would say maybe ages between like 30 years old and up uh, yeah. that are, you know, even if they're like 25 to 30, I feel like for some of them, they're new to it. Mm -hmm. But for, you know, um, people who are like in their 40s and up, they were doing it back then, but now they're coming yeah. back into it. So. Yeah. So I, I see a lot of that too, because um, even um, I'll get notifications on my phone from comments from YouTube videos that I've done in the past. And yeah. a lot of those comments are just um, people saying like, hey, oh man, I just came across this video. I just started getting back into building or I used to build back in the day. And now I'm glad that I see that there's like people building and it's still going on because I, I feel like I'm new to it again. And there's all these like things. So when I start to see that, 
also I go, oh wow, like this is this is a good sign right here. More and more people um coming back into it. Yeah. You know? And yeah, yeah I, I just I just feel that I have noticed <laughs> though, like uh, you know, the, the level obviously the bar has has raised, but at the same time, I feel like people as much as serious as they're taking it, like they want their cars to look really good and presentable. They're yeah. also paying attention to the materials, the tools that they're using and the paints that they're using. Um, yeah. I, I feel like everybody um, like has upped their standards more, you know? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I know, I know for sure. Like you can, you can have, you could be using the same tools for many years and, you could pride yourself as like, oh, I bought this for a dollar or five bucks and look what it's doing. Like that's yeah. cool. But when you, but if you have the opportunity to upgrade it to something yeah. a bit of a more premium until you get it and you use it, you're going to be like, wow, like this, <laughs> what the hell, this cuts like butter or this yeah. is going to save me so much time. Um, Man, why didn't I get this already? Like those things will happen at some point. Um, yeah. It's it's like I trip out on, on like sandpaper. There's so mm -hmm. many options with sandpaper. Yeah. Every brand has their own sanding pad, sanding sponge, sanding paper, sanding stick, everything, right? And <laughs> yeah. and I mean, at first, you know, you stick to what you know and you stick to maybe what a friend recommends, but then once you start exploring and you start getting different ones, you start to notice like oh, this is good for the body. This is good for glass. This is good for polishing. So now yeah. you start to kind of categorize all your sanding supplies now. Like you yeah. can't just depend on one one brand and one stick. You have no. all this variety now. Man, and that that's that's a good point, you know. And it, there's a, like you say, there you step it up, but there's also that entry-level stuff. Like I ordered off of, amazon i think it was um a long time ago a, a package of these uh fingernail files you know the disposable ones mm -hmm. and uh they're great just for you know when you when you bust open that box and you're, you're cutting things off the sprue and you're getting you know you're getting your your initial check over done you know hit those those attachment points to the sprue with these nail files and you know they're they're great for just rough work, and then as you go up through, you know you, you you're taking out your imperfections in the body. Uh, you know then you're you're stepping into maybe more the uh, your finer quality items like a, a a sanding pad that has a a foam backer on it so that you can get a good block sand on a on a surface or you know there's you. There's just such a variety of things that the more that you have uh, access to, the better of a, a a project you're going to end up with. And and the stuff is out there. You're right. Like it's all game changing. Everything that comes out changes the way you do things over and over again. You know, it's so cool. Yeah, th there's a there's a company who I feel is very underrated. Um, yeah, and they're they're called GIC, and I they're based out of Taiwan. That's where they make all their products. And I, I used to see 
when I was getting into Gundam, I used to see only only people like in Taiwan and other countries in Asia that were using the products. And I yeah. was like, why isn't anybody selling that here? So I got very curious about their brand. So then I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just take the risk and, and contact them and put in an order. So I just put in an order and I got all their different nippers, whatever they had, I got it in. And I was like, all right, before I introduce it to sell it, let me use it. So I, I opened up every nipper and I started using it. And I'm going, I was blown away by the quality. I was going, you know what? I low key think they are the ones who make the Tamiya nippers. Oh yeah. And, and they must make the ones for, I started like comparing them to, to like all the different companies. Cause I, I had all the other tools from God hand and all this stuff. I was going, mm -hmm. like, yo, I think this might be the company that gets like sourced. Right. But it's just, right. they, they change the color of the handles, the packaging is different and everything. Yeah. So I started using all this stuff and then they had their, their nippers that were at 45 degree angle. Right. And I was like, cool. And I started looking at them and I said, you know, they look good, but then I feel like at some point they're going to snap because at 45 degree angle, they're thin. But right. I kept using them over and over and over and over. Wait, I, I was just like, I want them, to, <laughs> I want them to snap and they won't. Yeah. And I still have them and they haven't snapped yet. And, and they kind of, they just became a, like a workhorse for me. And even my one of my friends, Dutch, he's bought like a couple pairs off me and he goes, man, I, I love using those um, all the time. And I was I was just thinking and going like, man, these these tools aren't they're not really that expensive. They're inexpensive, but they're high quality tools. And then they also have this um, electric Dremel that's powered by USB. Uh, so you you know you can connect it to your computer or to you know a USB like little yeah. block for you know, yeah or, yeah. But the thing is the speeds you get to control the speed like there there's a little knob on the back. So right. So these were made. They're really made for modeling because the speed it gives you is fast, but it's not yeah. too, too extreme to burn you through the body, right? Oh man, um, so, I can't. Re I can't remember the like the the RPM speeds, but I remember yeah. I had a conversation one time with with the uh, with the modeler, an older gentleman at a show, and I was selling I was selling at the time the display, uh, the like the pen Dremel. Oh yeah, yeah. And and he he's like, can I see that? And he looked at it, and he was looking at you know every other specifications he gave you, and he told me he's like, hey, this product here, this isn't this isn't for modelers, like this isn't for 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 modeling i was like what do you mean i'm like you, you can use it like to cut stuff or whatever he's yeah. like he's like no yeah you could cut but what if what if you're gonna polish or whatever he's like you're gonna this thing's too powerful these <laughs> rpms yeah. are too they're too high and i'm like yeah you're you're right so then i pulled up the gic stuff like the info and i'm like what about that what do you think about this one though and then yeah. He's like, yeah this this one definitely is more for modeling because look there's a limit as how like if you turn it up all the way like it still hasn't reached the capability of that that little pen that little thing's gonna like your piece of plastic's gonna fly or whatever <laughs> yeah and, and then i was like like he just had me thinking you know and i was like 
you know what? I I need to uh, put in a future order with GIC and get these USB powered uh, Dremels. Yeah. And I mean, I, I can always carry the display, but you know, I'm just thinking about the like, you know, I don't want people to run into issues, right? Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> I'll send, I'll, send, I'll send you photos later of the one because they have two ah. of them. they have two of them one of them is a, a white one which is like the light and then yeah. they have a black one that this set comes with with the uh um like a, like cutting discs and it comes with all these little bits right right and the one thing i liked about the the disc was that it has a screw at the top so you could unscrew and take off the cutting disc and right and um you know like when you buy like um like a like a photo etch like the the brakes and you want yeah. you want to polish them you could fit it on there and then put the oh man and, and and it holds it tight and then you yeah. turn, you turn on that dremel right and it's spinning and you, i mean you could do it faster just like a medium speed and just put right. your, your sandpaper on top really lightly and as it's it's spinning really light it, it's polishing it it's making it's giving it that like used oh yeah polish look feel and i'm like cool ready to go and <laughs> and at least i'm not going full throttle where the part's gonna just fly or hit me in the face yeah. you know yeah so it's, it's a real a little bit more controllable <laughs> and um i mean like that's the thing i think about this company and i go man like i don't see any any other store selling it like i i do searches in the u.s like what other hobby stores carrying this and I only see my like the stuff I'm stocking in the store from them of, of mm -hmm. that. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, as much as I promote it, but it's yeah. still because the brand's not popular. It's right. It's not something that's flying off the shelves either, you know? Yeah, but, but you know what? It probably will be if if it's as good of a product as as what you're saying. And, and yeah. you you're the voice of the industry right now, anyway, whether you want to wear that hat or not, you are, you're the guy. And if uh, honestly, Edgar, I think if it's something, anything that you come up with that you're coming across that is a good product that you've tested, man, they're going to take right off because you're reaching everyone in the hobby. You know, yeah, it's and, a, it, it's a, it's a definitely uh, good, they're good tools, like for sure. You know, if I haven't had issues like with them or anything, like I'm like, man, these are these are cool, but. It's not going to, you know, make me like if they're not, I mean, they, they do sell, but it's not, you know, like I said, flying off the shelf, but I'm, I'm going to continue um, making the, the purchase, you know, with them to get more stuff in. Um, yeah. Because, and you know what? Most people wouldn't have ever heard of them unless you were talking about them. Yeah. So this is, this is awesome. I, I got to see this thing. Like, I, I'd love to have one. Uh, funny story and i don't mean to go off on a tangent with this but you're talking about polishing and being able to control your speeds and whatnot mm -hmm. i decided that i wanted to be able to polish my paint after it was done uh, i'd been using automotive clear coat so i <laughs> this is a funny story it's tragic really but it, it has a happy end um i have this drill press that i ordered a polishing uh setup for so it has like the the three inch round disc and then the velcro backed polishing pads i had a uh a car i was building for one of the build-offs and i just got the paint done i just got the clear coat down and there was a nib right on the top of the roof by the driver's side front i said geez i gotta get that out so i i wet sanded it down and blocked it down with my little sanding pads here and uh 
I put it underneath of the drill press with this thing on and the drill press only has one speed, but I'm holding the car underneath of this and I'm polishing and polishing, polishing. And then I hear this weird grinding sound <laughs> and I pulled my car back and I'm missing half the roof. <laughs> it chewed the roof right off the car. So here I am and I'm like, Oh no, you know, this was the, it was a three tone paint job. I, I, I designed a custom hood scoop for this thing and it was the curbside. So it was like <laughs> the only thing I had to have really turn out was the paint. And now I've destroyed it. So cool story. I, uh, and I've got it on my feed there, how I did it, but I used 3d resin and a, a UV light to rebuild that section of the roof without disturbing the rest of the paint. Mm -hmm. And whereas it was a three tone, I was able to, uh, to just repaint the, the roof section itself after, but I created the entire uh, front of the roof back, uh, you know, out of 3d resin. And it took like 10 minutes. So wow. to have, to have products like that around, it's incredible, mm -hmm. but you know, with your polishing, you got to be careful, but yeah. that was a, that was a big save on my behalf. And it, 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 the car is sitting here today with an excellent roof on it. it it's, it's, <laughs> that's so, cool. Yeah. No, that's that's pretty cool. You know, that that's something people should try more is that uh, the 3d resin as a filler or as mm -hmm. a, you know, a, a, a panel gap filler as a, something to mold in body parts with mm -hmm. uh, all of that stuff. The, the stuff is amazing and it cures in like 20 seconds you know oh it's so, like pretty, pretty fast what brand is that that you use uh i think it's just the i think it's elegoo the stuff that i i had i just get whatever's on on sale uh mm -hmm. that you know when i when i get low i just buy another tub of the gray stuff off of amazon because that's the only place that sells it that can get it to me mm -hmm. in brunswick here in canada but nice. uh yeah you just hit it with uh, i've got a little cheap little uv light and uh, man, you cannot ask for a better filler. Uh, it, it's it's incredible. Yeah, you know it's it's crazy that you say UV light because that company GIC has a it's like the size of a pen. And oh yeah, one side is is a UV light, and the other side I think it's like a, a switchable like screwdriver. Like uh, a, it's like they try to come up with all these different like that's cool, gadgets, man. but it's all it's all model uh, related too. Yeah, so it, it's I a had trip. A I had a guy show up at the shop one day, a salesman, and he was selling these touch-up pens that in one end of it, it had a UV clear coat and the other end, it had a, the light and what you could do, like if you get a rock chip in your hood, um, you'd put this UV clear coat into the rock chip and then you just flip your, your little pen over, hit it with the light and it was gone. It was wow. cool. That's kind of where the technology came from and, and now I'm using it for kits. I do some wide bodies and things like that. And, uh, you know, to graft the, the flares on and such, that's, that's where I, I kind of came up with the, uh, uh, with the UV, uh, the UV resin and, uh, the, the light, it, it really, it's, that's another game changer. And it, it's a simple tool that, uh, you, you wouldn't think of, you know, mm. a lot of people go for the putty, the, the Tamiya putty or the milk yeah. putt or whatever. When and, uh, when when you uh when you apply that resin in the UV light and it's dry, is it um the material is it easy to sand? It's not bad. Uh, you have to start off with with something that's fairly 
fairly aggressive. It, it's hard, eh? Like it, it dries to a brittle consistency. Mm-hmm. It's it's it, it's not like flexible like a polystyrene would be, but it, uh, it it's it sands nice. It sands consistently, um, but you do have to start off with with something that uh, is is fairly strong backed in order to to get that bite in. And it can be carved. It can be shaped. Um, you know, they were, we're printing 3D bodies out of it. Uh, you know, it, it's it's very versatile. I had a uh, this was it the Riddler. There was a Riddler build off for the model car build off, and I took it out of 1944. Ford, and I wanted to have the fenders look more like a teardrop effect, like a almost like a motorcycle fender would, where it has some of them have the return that comes back in around underneath. Uh, so what I did, I just put, I, I took this car and I put masking tape in behind the fenders and I, I poured a little bit of the UV resin on it and then hit it with the light, contoured it with my sanding sticks and then put another piece of tape in more UV. And I built, I kept building out, building out. And even on that truck that's in the background there, mm-hmm. uh, that was a, a cast resin replacement hood for it because i didn't have a hood for it either Mm. but it was warped really bad and on the passenger side it was probably three millimeters gap between it and the fender yeah so i just put a strip of masking tape along the bottom flooded it with the uv resin hit it with the light sanded it flooded it again sanded it and i was able to to build out without adding styrene or anything i could build out Mm. that part so that gap was gone um Wow. it's incredible stuff it's really incredible yeah that's cool yeah it's it's so good having those options it, it's just it's just so amazing how you know it's progressed from like uh like you know styrene scratch building you know the, the putty you know now it's yeah. like the resin and you know now it's like you could just print stuff too if you design it it's just there's just yeah. so much so much out there like what more do we want you know <laughs> like, <laughs> like we're so spoiled. I don't know where we're going next, but man, it's going to be exciting. I know that. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I feel like at some point there's going to be like a build off where like the, the cars are going to have to be designed on the computer. <laughs> and and then they're going, cool. to be, they're going to be printed, you know, like they're going to be super off the top printed. And then once they're printed, all right, here we go. Now we start the build off. We have to assemble the whole thing and, and paint oh, it. Yeah. And then it's just it's just gonna be elevating like like crazy, you know. Yeah. And and then the the phases are gonna come in too. Like uh, overall, like you know, there's gonna be a time where all the focus is on like engine work, right? We want to learn, we want to up our detail game, and then later yeah. we want to focus on just paint paint jobs. We want to up that um, later the the detail of the stances too. You know, mm. you have to yeah get that one and there, there's all these like different uh, categories that, that at some point a model builder is just going to become very well-rounded with like everything like oh, absolutely and i i mean if anything I, I feel like the next steps will probably be getting into dioramas or something like yeah or yeah. the car itself um well you look at black box uh i don't are you familiar with with black yes, box yeah mm-hmm. he uh he built that gas station diorama I, I picked up that file and it's really nice, man. Everything from the, the ice chest to the gas pumps to the storefront, mm-hmm. like 
It's just wicked, wicked. Damn. I don't know. Yeah, there's you know, some, there's, you know I, I actually reached out to Black Box not too long ago. I want I want to get him on an interview. He's not, he, he says, Oh, you, you know, got to. Yeah, got but to. He, he's not ready right now. So. You know what? In the if future, he, I hope. This is how cool he is. This is how cool he is. He came out with that 572 Chevy engine, right? And he, yeah. he's selling like he's got the twin turbo kit. Honest to God, that twin turbo kit falls together. It falls. It, he <laughs> has over-engineered it to the point where it is absolute perfection. Well, I reached out to him for the SEMA build. I said, look, man, I'm using your body kit, but the one thing I'm missing, like, and this is back when I was, when I first envisioned it, it was like a 70s super wide body jacked up in the back side pipes, you know, that's how I had this car vision. It's a little different now, but I said, I need to have a 70s and 80s style engine in this, but I want to use black box parts because everything else has been black box on it. And uh, he didn't have like a supercharger or tunnel ram. He does have a supercharger that he sells through Iceman, um, but that's, you know, they've got their own agreement there, which is cool. But I, I reached out to him and I said, and I sent him a couple of pictures. I said, look, if you just had a dress up kit for that engine like this, my God, like, Two days later, I get an email from him and he says, what do you think of this? And he, he sent me a picture of this uh, tunnel ram set up with the dual carbs, with the big scoop, with the fin valve covers to work in conjunction with the 572 that he already has out there. Mm -hmm. My mind was blown. Mm -hmm. Like, man, you are so cool because he's he's reacting to his customers requests you know he's designing stuff that's in their interest um it's just nuts and the same thing with um ryan oh his last name's eluding me right now but z-force model z-force zfmw so z-force model works he does wheels mainly and uh you know, I uh, I reached out to him because his his quality of his his designs is just impeccable. I, I reached out to him to get uh, to say, hey, you know, look look at this wheel that's on. It was one of the Riddler Award contestants for, you know, if you if you heard of the Riddler, it's for, you probably have. You, you know, when I say Riddler, you know what that is. I'm, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about Batman, the Riddler. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking about when you say the red Yeah. No, oh, geez. No, it's like America's most beautiful roadster or something okay, like okay. that. I don't know. It, uh, other people could explain it. Um, anyway, so there's this Riddler Award they give out at the big car show every year. And uh, it's all like old, it's, it's hot rods that have been taken to the next level. And I saw this set of wheels that was on one of them. And I sent it off to him and said, hey, man, could you come up with something like that? My God, like he turned around and had that wheel in his inventory like yeah. the next two days later. It was like, yes, sir. So it's if you see it, it can be made. And, and that's an era that yeah. we've never been in before, you know? Yeah, that's funny. Like, right now, I did an online search real quick and I see all these beautiful cars. It's like the Riddler Award, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> one D. of about Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jack Nicholson, you know. Okay. Oh That'd, be cool. That'd be cool. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna have to <laughs> dig deep, dig deep right here. Oh man. Yeah. I yeah, these like I say, we are living in the best times right now. We honestly are.
Yes. Yeah. If you if you can think it, you can build it. And we've never been there before. Yeah, I, I feel like you eventually, um, you know, everybody that's that's building is going to eventually like get to see each other in person at some point, too. You know, yeah, uh, you know, all, all the relationship friendships that people are, are building as well in the community at some point, it's going to the, the modeling what we're creating with these cars. It's what's going to bring people together to travel, to take you to, you know, you you probably would think, oh, I would never see myself going to this like state or country, but because of modeling, it took me there. Yeah. You yeah. Know? There's a car show in, uh, in New Brunswick every year. And apparently it's the largest one in Canada. It's the, what they call the Atlantic nationals. And with that, there is a model show that they put on at the same time. And this year was the first time I'd ever gone there, but I'm like, I'm back in the hobby. COVID has been lifted. There's a model show and contest and, and Canada's largest car show. What am I doing staying home? So I gathered up my a couple kits that I had built for the build-offs and headed down to Moncton where they, they have this car show every year. And I had a blast. Uh, you know, I came home with, I won the best uh, Chevrolet there. And that, I was just so happy to, be back into the hobby and be back participating and out in public and looking at other people's kits and sharing ideas and talking in person. I can't even imagine being at NNL like mm-hmm. that. I, I don't know if I could even handle that, but maybe someday <laughs> I can get to that. Yeah. You know, I think, I think, I think you'll make it happen in the future. You'll, you'll come out for sure. Um, I'd love to. That's a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, you you gotta. I mean, and that's the thing too. I mean, imagine if if you weren't model building, you know. Let's say you just weren't. Like, let's say you you were like back then, but right now, like yeah. you, you were still at a pause. You know, it it messes also with you, man. Like you might be depressed. You know, you might be. Yeah. You wouldn't be fulfilled at some point. Like you, we yeah. all need. I feel like everybody needs to have some kind of hobby, something, something to to make you unwind, you know, to make you just kind of like relax. But I feel like yeah. the modeling, there's just this, this big gift it gives you, you know, for your life, like a perspective as like things that you're doing. And, and the cool thing too, is you're doing it from home. You know, mm-hmm. I, uh, in order to, like you talk about getting a hobby to, to overcome anxiety or stress or whatever you know that's that's what our hobbies are for they're an outlet i started uh i've always played a bit of music um well i got i got involved with uh these these shows around the area here uh they're pretty not huge it'd be like seven seven hundred people in the audience at most i think was the capacity but uh I started traveling around playing music and stuff for a little while. And that was a lot of fun. It was a, it was an outlet, but the more I did it, the more I got asked to do more. And we noticed um, as a family that it was taking me away from home, you know? And I was, I was always out doing something. And while I was getting my fulfillment out of it, I wasn't, spending time with my wife and two kids who were growing up before my eyes, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And since I've gotten back into the hobby, uh, like I mentioned earlier, my wife be watching a show on TV. I can be sitting right there at the kitchen table behind her with my mat out and my kit in front of me and be, you know, pol plugging away, polishing paint or detailing an engine or, or doing whatever. But I'm, I'm getting my, I'm, I'm, I'm having fun. I'm enjoying it. I'm getting my creativity out of there, but I'm also doing something where I'm home and my family has me there with them. So yeah. it's, it's a great hobby in that sense. No, yeah, you're, you're right. Um, you know, I, um, I I feel the same with with like, you know, modeling and stuff. Bef like before, I was very involved with like the DJ scene and producing music too. Yeah. Um, like just like home production, like digital with like hardware or whatever, you know. But that's cool. I do remember that like I reached the point where I felt like, all right, I got my fulfillment. Like I got to travel. I got to go out and stay up late and do all these things. Yeah. But now I feel like like I like this, but but I need to kind of like take a break from it and I need to move on to other things. Yeah. And and it was taking me away, you know, from from my fiance, like family and stuff like that. Cause I was always like, oh, I gotta do this or I gotta go be here. And it, it's like um it, it reached the point where I remember getting like a couple of gigs and I was just like, oh yeah, I'll 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 do them. But then like, like I was like, what's well, two months away, you know, I'll, I'll do yeah. it. But then yeah. that initial week leading up to the day, I yeah. was like dreading it. Like, ah, I'm, I'm not even into this anymore <laughs> right now. Like, I, I don't even want to go. What time am I going to play? Like at 11 p.m.? Dang. Like mm -hmm. at that time, I'm already like, I'm either working on a model or I'm just like chilling, watching a movie with my girl. Yeah. You know, I'm like. What am I doing? Like going out there, being out there. And I remember just like playing, but not having fun. Like it was just yeah. just to do it to get it out of the way, just to to be like, all right, here I delivered, you know, I'm yep. done. all right, peace out. And then the next time, hey, hey you down? I'd be like, nah. Like now I really thought about it. And I was like, nah, man, like I'm sorry, but I just can't do it anymore. And, yeah. And even now, like like you said, you know, like, like my daughter, like she's two years old, but I, but every day I look at her and I'm go, she's just growing, like she's growing up in front of me, right before yeah. my eyes, right? So it's like, I, I I told myself, all right, this is my balance in the mornings. I drop her off daycare. I have an hour for myself to do whatever I need to do with modeling. And yeah. then once that hour is done, I have to just focus on my day job work, working from home. Right. Once that's done, then I have to pick up the baby. She's home. All right. It's all about her and my girl. And that's it. Yeah. And then once they're asleep, all right, I'm back to now I have a couple of hours to work on models or model cars or work on anything content, but it's always model related. Yeah. Uh, but but the thing I like is that I'm home. And that if, if something happens, they need me or they need me to go to the store or they need me to take them somewhere, I'm I'm here. Yeah. Know? And and I just can't picture myself like like right now to be like, oh, I'm gonna head out and hang out with friends, or I'm gonna head out at night and just, you know, go somewhere. I can't. Like, yeah, I just can't picture it no more. Like I I wanna be as close 
to them, you know, as uh, as possible. And I think part of it too is um, when when I used to go to like Armando Flores, uh, his house to model build and stuff like that. That was yeah. also like an inspiration, like seeing how you know he's at home, or you know he he has his workspace and everything. But at the same time, he's at an arm's reach if his family needs him, like, yeah. you know, they need something or or whatever, like, he's always willing to, you know, he's a father, like, and a, and a husband yeah. to, to do his part. So it, it was always something that I saw, like, man, th this is what I like about model building. It's a very structured, like, thing with patients, like, you have to follow the instructions to get a final piece. Because if you skip a step or you try to cut a corner, it's not going to come out the way you want it to come out. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And and I think, you know, I noticed I noticed my loss of interest in doing all that. Probably one of the last couple of times that I stepped out onto the stage and <laughs> I didn't have that uh, thrill anymore. Like the butterflies in the stomach and they're like, mm -hmm. oh, this is going to be you know, I hope I don't screw up. And it was more like, ah, whatever, let's just get this over with. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know what? Like today, today, uh, another exciting part about today um, is that the build-off, the, um, the now or never build-off ended. And my truck, my 64, mm -hmm. it started off, oh, this is fun. This is what's cool about these build-offs. Because I love competing. I love it. And a lot of people say, oh, you know what? I just want to build it to be part of it. No, I want to get in there and I want to try my best. And I want to see how I do. But my truck started off right out of the gate. I was in the lead. It was like, oh, I'm going to, I might actually have a chance of winning this. And I didn't even expect this one to, to make a showing other than just, you know, be there and be done. And then throughout the day, I slowly, slowly watched, you know, other people's uh, likes get more and more and more. And uh, it got overtaken quite ferociously by uh, James Ferris. He has a, he's, he's wicked. He's another Canadian who uh, mm -hmm. he's, he's, you should have him on sometime. He, I bet you he could tell a story. Um, anyway, he, he built this little 1961 or 60 uh, Ranchero, Falcon Ranchero, another AMT kit. And these are all rebuilders. Like these are, these were kits this time around. That was something that, yeah either built before and didn't weren't quite happy with it or you picked it up uh as a rebuilder or whatever like this wasn't a fresh kit build mm -hmm. and uh his commitment just shot right past mine like it always does that guy's a killer and but i love that uh that spirit of camaraderie and the, the little competitiveness and you know, seeing, oh, well, you know, I think that he's, he's got more likes because of this. So next time I'm going to do that. And, you know, like, my God, that's been a ball, all those build-offs. And mm -hmm. right now, I guess earlier I asked about kids and the uh, kids getting into the hobby because we have a junior build-off going now for with the now or nevers that uh, is introducing. And I, I was surprised we, there's not a whole lot of entrance, but the ones that are in, they're jumping right on it and they're going full bore and uh, nice. it's nice to see the communication and they're picking up tips and tricks as they go from, from the guys who are mentoring them. And uh, no, I, I think it's, it, it's going to add a whole new level to the hobby um, and for people, you know, either coming back into it or trying it for the first time, um, giving them a platform to, to, to work on and, and get that um, the friendships built and, 
mm-hmm. and whatnot. Oh, it's a, man, good times. No, yeah, it, it definitely is. How long is this uh, build? This new build off gonna uh, go on for? Is it a month or two months? Uh, with the juniors, I think it's. Oh, Michael, shoot me for for not remembering, but it, it's it's longer. There's a much longer period. Um, the build off that we have going on with now or never right now, it's a box stock and it's only one month. Nice. Uh, and I have that old uh, the racers wedge kit i i decided my uncle my uncle bill my my brother jeff and my brother darren they were the three people that inspired me with model kits when i was uh growing up my uncle bill he turned 70 this year my brother jeff turned 60 i turned 50 uh my other brother darren he he's not on one of the you know he's not in line with the decades with us but his was the first one that i built i built him uh a 1966 Ford pickup, uh, red and white, real pretty little truck. It was the Mobius kit, which I can't say enough good about them. They're, mm-hmm. they're beautiful. <laughs> um, so I, I built him that because it was his favorite. He had a tattoo put on his arm years ago of this truck. So I built him the truck that was in his tattoo and presented it to him in one of those, uh, you know, those those display cases. And my brother Jeff. Uh, I'm building the racer's wedge with, uh, I asked him what his absolute, if he could have any car, any car, what would it be? And he sent me a picture of an old Cougar. So I've got a, I haven't started it yet, but I, I have the kit and I, I've got some files to make the family flares and, and the wheels and the big engine. Uh, so I'm going to build him a pro touring Cougar that sits up on the back of the racer's wedge and, and give that to him. And then, then my uncle Bill, I, I've been working on and off on a 3D printed cab over uh, uh, Chevrolet, uh, 50, uh, 52 Chevrolet truck. Um, I'm trying to get it right, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, resin bodies aren't quite like working with styrene. And anyway, it, it's been coming along, but it's a slow process for him. It's just really cool that I get to honor. It's an idea I come up with because, you know, I look at, at these model kits as being art, not as being toys or collectibles. Mm-hmm. I look at them as art, as a canvas. Yeah. And it's my way of saying, you know what, guys, thank you so much for inspiring me, for helping me grow up through the years. And and here's what uh, what I feel is a, a, a build that reflects you as in in plastic, you know, like this is what I think. This is what where I picture you as being. It's just really cool. It's a sort of a side project that I've been working on, and I was able to incorporate build off uh, for this month in order to get the, the racer's wedge done, so I can get that car up on it. So it's cool. Yeah, man, that's that's awesome. I, I like that you're being thoughtful like that to give back to them. You know, as they introduced you um, into modeling. And, and yeah. it's, you know, inspired you and, and how, how it's helped you. You know, it, it, that's a nice thing to do right there to give back. The, the only trouble with it is that has taken my kits on the bench from one to about, <laughs> you know, I got five or six projects currently running, which I'm terrible with organizing my time on these things. You know? <laughs> yeah. but, it's like they're on the conveyor belt. You're just like... <laughs> On this one, all right, here it comes. Here comes the next one. Yeah, I could be Henry Ford, you know, like, all right, here I got to hire staff to come in and work the assembly line. 
Uh, oh, that's cool. Well, hey, it, it was this was awesome. Um, oh, geez, geez Look, man. I've been dying to get on your show only because I wanted to have a conversation with you. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. You are, like, I'm, you I'm happy we uh, we got to do it. I mean, this this was cool. I mean, I know for sure we'll we'll you know have you back on again. We'll do another one. Um, for for uh, for everyone who's listening, if you guys want to uh, check out Steve's work, he's on Instagram. It's a uh, Freddie Beach underscore Customs. That's where you can check them out. And obviously, you know, I'll I'll link you when once I, once the episode goes up live. Um, I'll link you on there. And um, yeah, man. I mean, thank you for taking the time. I know it's like late for you up there. And it's 3 a.m. now. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. You know, for listeners, look at that. 3 a.m. You know, taking the time. Um, you know, thank well you for doing it, that. Well worth it. Thank I you. I really thank appreciate you. it. Yeah, and um, yeah. I mean, just keep doing your thing, you know, keep building, keep inspiring people, like. I know everything that you're doing, it's definitely inspiring model builders out there, you know, putting in that work, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. and that's great. And just, uh, you know, keep, keep that balance going, you know, and, and definitely, you know, it's modeling and family, you know, everything just, you know, keep, keep doing your thing and, you know, let's keep in touch. Absolutely. Well, thanks a lot, Edgar. I really appreciate your time and uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. For everything you do. No, thanks. Yeah, no worries. All right, man. Well, well, thank you, Steve. And you have a good night. Yeah, you too. Yeah. We'll talk soon. Later on. Peace. Bye.